Messianic International Nonprofit Organization reach Jews with the saving gospel message. How do Jews for Jesus missionaries get acquainted with Jewish people and build positive, trusting relationships? And why did the Apostle Paul say in Romans 1.10, Brethren, my heart's desire in prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Join us today as I interview David Brickner, Executive Director of Jews for Jesus. David has served with Jews for Jesus for over 40 years. He led branch offices in Chicago and New York, served as a missionary at large, Director of Recruitment and Missionary Training before becoming the Executive Director. He has also written several books. He currently lives in San Francisco with his wife and daughter. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, Reverend Brickner, for being my guest today on Family Shield. We're happy to have you. Well, thank you, Kay. Thanks for having me, and shalom to all of those who are listening. Shalom. Thank you so much. How does Jews for Jesus, a Messianic Jewish international nonprofit organization, reach out to Jews with the saving gospel message? Well, Kay, we are a ministry that, um, as our mission statement declares, we relentlessly pursue God's plan for the salvation of the Jewish people. And, of course, we are echoing what has been, as you quoted at the very beginning, uh, the Apostle Paul's burden, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. And we reach out uh, in uh, three different ways. We have, uh, we call them our three pillars. Um, The first pillar is uh, called Go and Tell, and it's what's probably best known Uh, about our Jews for Jesus ministry. We're a proclamation ministry. We focus on sharing the good news of the gospel. We're in uh, 12 countries, uh, 25 cities around the world, and our largest ministry is in Israel. We have over 50 full-time Jews for Jesus staff members in Israel, and so our go-and-tell ministry in Israel as in other places around the world, like France or North America, wherever there are large concentrations of Jewish people, involves direct evangelism, one-on-one, sharing the gospel, opening up the scriptures, doing Bible study, and uh, engaging people in conversation. And we like to do that in very public ways. We have offices that are sometimes very close to college campuses. So, for example, in Los Angeles, we have an uh, an upside-down cafe, that's what we call it, and it is a place where students can come and hang out. Uh, there's free internet. They can get coffee, really good coffee and pastries, and they'll come and study, and we'll be able to engage them or we'll go out on the streets of New York City and we'll hand out gospel tracts, or we'll put up a, a poster that invites people to come and engage with us about current events and how uh, peace, for example, uh, how, you know, people want to see peace, especially in Ukraine. 
and uh, how can we pray for peace? Different topics of conversation, and so we're we're engaging people first of all in that go and tell proclamation. The second pillar of Jews for Jesus is come and see. Jesus invited his disciples to come and see when they asked where he was living, and so we're inviting people in to see the community of faith. Uh, many Jewish people are raised to think that you cannot be Jewish and believe in Jesus. And so it's a faith-building experience for them to come, whether it be to a holiday event. We just experienced uh, the celebration of Purim uh, this past week. And uh, Purim, of course, is the celebration of the Book of Esther and what God did for the Jewish people. And so we have Purim parties where we invite Jewish people to come and to celebrate with us. And then, of course, they can see that it's possible to be Jewish and believe in Jesus. And then the third pillar of ministry is what we call love and serve. Uh, Jesus told us, and the scriptures tell us, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. And part of that love is has to be very tangible, and very, uh, especially now with uh, what's happening in Ukraine, for example, uh, there's over 2 million refugees, and our missionaries are active. We have 19 missionary families in Ukraine. We have now missionaries in Poland, uh, Hungary, and Germany, all helping the refugees. And so that this involves providing uh, food and clothing and temporary shelter, uh, helping them to get resettled, uh, reuniting families that have been separated, uh, and also, along with that, sharing the gospel. Our greatest evidence of the love and serve uh, ministry, along with the refugees in Europe, are people on the streets of Israel. There's a homeless, there's about 25,000 homeless on the streets of Tel Aviv, for example, and the Israeli government doesn't have enough services, so we provide food. We go out onto the streets. We have a food truck that goes into the neighborhoods and offers food and beverage and gives out New Testaments. At the same time, we have a, a home that allows for a respite place for trafficked women to come off of the streets and uh, get into a safe environment where they can uh, get cleaned up from any addiction that they may be having, and uh, and uh, then also hear the gospel. And so these are the three pillars of Jews for Jesus ministry, how we conduct our work all around the world, go and tell, come and see, and love and serve. Wonderful. I didn't know all of that. I, I said to you before we went on, I first was introduced to Jews for Jesus uh, way back in the early 80s uh, when the liberated Wailing Wall uh, participants came to our church, and it was wonderful. And I began supporting you way back then, but then I lost track until about a year ago when I, through Zoom, uh, watched a Passover meal a messianic Passover meal, and they explained, you know, how the Jewish uh, Passover relates to Christ. And I've seen that and heard that before, but um, just awesome 
how many years you've been out there and what a great job you do. Your newsletter is wonderful. But let's just get a couple more questions in, and then I do want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing in Ukraine. You mentioned that already. How do your Jews for Jesus missionaries get acquainted with Jewish friends and build a relationship? How do they get the names of the people? It looks like you're going into the community where there are Jewish people and doing a lot. Um, But how do you find them? Just talk a little bit more about your missionaries. Sure. Well, there's different ways. Of course, we're fairly high profile. We have we are located in areas where there are large concentrations of Jewish people, and so we don't hide our uh, light under a bushel. You know, we put Jews for Jesus up on our buildings, and uh, we even have sometimes them on the sides of our vans as we drive around, and uh, we like to be very open and uh, forthright so that the people who are really interested, uh, the people in whose hearts God is already at work, can find us more readily. And so we find people coming to us, which is wonderful. But then, of course, we also want to go out and and be in places like on college campuses or on busy street corners or engaging people online. That's a the new street corner of the future of the present, you know, is and we have an active ministry online through the various social media. Um, but you know what's one of the most interesting things is like opportunity like this, Kate, where we can talk uh, to fellow believers in Jesus. I would imagine our listeners have friendships with Jewish people around the globe, uh, wherever they're listening. They're they're representing contact with Jewish neighbors, friends, businesses, associates. And one of the best sources of contacts for us are when Christians refer their Jewish friends to us for follow-up and for witness. And we constantly do that. And if any Christian has a Jewish friend that they want us to reach out to, all they need to do is send us their name and address and preferably email and phone number if you have it. And we'll just reach out. We won't even necessarily mention who gave us their name, unless you want us to. And we'll just say, hey, you know, somebody who knows you thought you might be interested to hear from another Jewish person who's come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Have you ever heard of such a thing? And these contacts turn out to be great opportunities for us, because many of those people are, in fact, open to hearing about the gospel. And so whatever means, whether it be advertising on social media, standing on college campus, or getting a referral from a fellow Christian, we are actively engaging Jewish people uh, on a daily basis around the globe. Wonderful. So I think some of our radio listeners are going to know, have Jewish friends. So that's an awesome way to do it. So tell us a success story. Um, I have loved reading your newsletter, and I see you do such a great job of sharing the stories. And sometimes it's, it, it's not a come and, oh, I need to know Jesus as my Savior and Lord. It takes time. I noticed a couple of them that took years, maybe one of those stories. Well, one of my favorite stories that happened to me, I was standing out in front of Macy's department store in Midtown Manhattan, 34th and Broadway, and it was a beautiful sunny day, and I was handing out gospel tracts, and I was wearing a t-shirt with big, bold, four-inch letters that said Jews for Jesus, 
And I was approached by a woman, well-dressed woman in her late 60s. And she was so angry, Kay, she began yelling at me, saying, you should be ashamed of yourself. How can you do this? Do you know what you're doing? Does your mother know you're doing this? <laughs> and, uh, and then she spat out words that cut like a knife. She said, you're trying to complete the work that Hitler began. And then she rolled up the sleeve of her dress to show me numbers on her arm. Oh, my goodness. You see, Ruth is a survivor of Auschwitz, of the Holocaust. And I understood her anger. And there was very little that I could say to her that day. So then you'll understand my surprise when several months later, during a Friday evening service at our Jews for Jesus offices there in New York, while I was giving a message, who should come through the back door but Ruth? And I recognized her right away, but I couldn't quite place where we had met. So after the, after the service, I approached her, and, well, she reminded me where we had met. And I said, all right, Ruth, so what are you doing here? And she said, I have an open mind. <laughs> and she did. And she kept coming back every Friday night, started coming to our Tuesday night Bible studies. And what a privilege it was for me one Friday night to pray with Ruth to receive Jesus as her Messiah. And how does that happen, that somebody who is so bitter and angry, uh, for good reason, perhaps, uh, close to the gospel, how can somebody like that open up to receive God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ? Well, I'll tell you. It's because that same power, the power that raised up Jesus from the grave, is active and at work in the world today. And so we are seeing God bringing Jewish people to believe in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, just like Jesus rose from the dead, he's bringing life to the dead hearts of Jewish people as they hear the gospel. And uh, Ruth is just one story of many more uh, that are happening all around the world, even now. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I want to make some announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking and learning more about Jews for Jesus. Family Shield Ministries is composed of Christians who care about families and the gospel, transforming lives now and for eternity. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 radio stations throughout the United States and on our podcast platforms. We also coordinate other educational and evangelism services that serve individuals and their families. Thanks for listening. This week, we're giving away the booklet, Live the Six, How to Be an Everyday Missionary. To receive your complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. We also encourage listeners to sign up to receive our complimentary email newsletter. Again, you can send your information to us at witness2family at gmail.com. Your prayers and support allow Family Shield to continue to reach and equip individuals and their families for Christ. Your support makes our work in the ripe and plentiful harvest possible. Now let's go back to my guest, David Brickner. He is the executive director of Jews for Jesus. And uh, I want to just take a minute and ask you to share with our listeners where they can go to get connected to Jews for Jesus. And I know there's many ways, but just uh, we'll, we'll share a few things now, and then we're going to go back to talk more about the ministry itself. 
Yes, Kay, thank you. And we certainly do want to welcome uh, Christians who have a heart for the salvation of the Jewish people to partner with us. Um, We really count on our partnership with fellow believers in Jesus to be able to continue the work that we do in sharing the gospel with Jewish people around the world, everywhere from North America to Israel to Ukraine and back. And uh, the best place to go to get connected is our Jews for Jesus website, uh, which is Jews for Jesus, F-O-R, JewsforJesus.org. And uh, there's a wealth of resources on that uh, website that you can see uh, when you go onto that website. If you're interested in chatting with someone, there will be a, a chat box that will pop up and you'll be able to ask any questions that you have. If you'd like to sign up for our monthly newsletter, we have a free monthly newsletter that can come to you via your email or snail mail if you'd prefer. And uh, we also, of course, are on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram. In fact, Kay, you mentioned that the first time you encountered Jews for Jesus again recently was on the Zoom uh, meeting of Passover. We're actually having a whole another one of those uh, wonderful opportunities for Christians to join us online for a Passover Seder this year. And uh, I'm actually leading that this year. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you are interested, you can find out about that as well on our website. But you can sign up for our newsletter. Lots of great resources you can either purchase or just look at the articles and do a search for any topic that you're interested in. I would also mention that right in the Lenten season where we are, uh, Juice for Jesus is actively traveling around uh, to speak in churches. In fact, I've been at so many LCMS churches presenting Christ and the Passover over the years that uh, I'm quite sure that many of our listeners may have seen me or one of my colleagues present that message. I did that just this past week, and I'm going to be doing it a lot more over these next few weeks leading up to uh, through Holy Week and to Easter Sunday. And so this is a great time to connect with Jews for Jesus. You can go on to our website and see if there is a Christ in the Passover being presented in a church near you. And I would encourage you, if there is, that you can make an effort to come out and to meet one of our missionaries in person. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So I, I want to also ask you a little bit more. You already talked about Ukraine, uh, but so many people today see President um, Zelensky. Zelensky. Yeah, I had that. I hear it so many times. He's a hero in in our world today, mm-hmm. and he is Jewish. And um, I, I said at a prayer gathering this week, it's like a new Moses, but I'm praying for his salvation. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and, and I wondered a little bit more about what your missionaries are doing. You actually have missionaries in Ukraine and I wondered, you talked a little bit about the humanitarian needs, but are your missionaries still reaching out to Jewish people in that area? And, and what are your plans for the future with what's going on right now? Well, that's a great question. And obviously, things are so uncertain as to what the future uh, will be in Ukraine. Jews for Jesus has two branches, um, branch offices in Ukraine, one in Kiev and one in Odessa. And uh, we are we have missionaries who are stationed still 
in those places and are still preaching the gospel and still sharing. Uh, our, our missionary in, uh, in Odessa recently shared about how four doctors prayed with him to receive Jesus mm. as the Messiah, Jewish doctors. I heard another story this past weekend that we got a call from Kharkov, one of the towns in Ukraine, uh, that there was a woman in need. And so our worker that, uh, drove to Kharkov, and sure enough, Svetlana as a 90-year-old Holocaust survivor, her only living relative was her son, who was in Israel. And so Tolik, our worker, uh, together with Svetlana, called him, and he begged Tolik. He said, please help my mother. Please help her get out of there. And so Tolik uh, then agreed to drive Svetlana to the Polish border. So for four hours, they drove. And of course, Svetlana was a captive audience during that time. And Tolik was able to share the gospel, and by the time they got to the border, uh, she had prayed with him to receive the Lord, and uh, Tolik was then able to give a hand her over to our missionary, uh, Alex, who's working in Poland now. Alex was able to take her to the Israeli embassy that is in Warsaw and get her sorted out to be able to emigrate to be with her son in Israel. So that's a good example of how the gospel can save lives and how we're also able to do ministry to people in in desperate need. And that's just a couple of examples of the way that ministry is going on in Ukraine and literally wherever refugees are going to these days. Great. I wanted to come back to something you said right before I made some announcements, uh, because I see this a lot and nobody wants anyone to get angry at them. But often I find, as I witness to people, uh, the first reaction can be anger as your Jewish friend uh, you you shared anger is not unusual at the beginning as long as we continue loving them um, they they begin to think through this a little bit more have you found that I don't really want people to be angry at me but I have a Mormon uh, friend that heard me on radio saying Mormons are a cult and he's very angry with me but we're communicating at this point um, do you find that sometimes when people have never heard the gospel that they get angry before they begin to really consider Christ and who he is? Absolutely. Kay, that experience is uh, multiplied over and over again in Jews for Jesus as well. And I'm thankful, actually, for anger, because the worst reaction is apathy. Yeah. When people just hear what you have to say and they have no reaction, uh, they're not interested You know, we have that a lot, too, unfortunately, but anger at least means they're engaging, they're thinking, uh, and it may be a, uh, you know, a way of, you know, protecting themselves from having to think carefully about what you're saying. Um, We're asking people to consider changing their entire lives when they ask them to consider the gospel. So we shouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I encourage people when we help equip them that you know, don't get angry back at them. Just keep loving them and, and, and be as kind as you can. So do you also teach people how to witness to Jewish people, or do you feel it's better to have 
missionaries and people that are Jewish themselves that are believers? Oh, no. Actually, if it wasn't for individual Christians sharing their faith with Jewish people, we would not be able to fulfill our ministry. Uh, There's not enough of us to go around, but there are enough followers of Jesus who, if they're willing to open up their mouths and share the love of Jesus with their Jewish friend, God can use them. And in fact, Paul, in Romans chapter 11, he says that salvation has come to the Gentiles in order to provoke Israel to jealousy. And so I encourage individual Christians to just open up the opportunity. You can do so just by simply asking a question. You know, uh, one of the most direct questions that you could ask a Jewish person is, who do you think Jesus is? Uh And Jesus used that question himself with his disciples. He said, who do you say that I am? And who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And uh, so you could even start that way. You could say, has Jewish people changed their thinking about the person of Jesus? Uh, Who do they think Uh, Who do Jewish people think Jesus is? And then, who do you think Jesus is? And that opens up a conversation just by asking questions. You know, so Passover is coming up. You could say, hey, are you celebrating Passover this year? What does Passover mean to you? You know, and then you can say, I'm so thankful that uh, God delivered the Jewish people from Egypt. Uh, Passover is what gave the foundation for my uh, communion that I... uh, enjoy at my church, you know, and Jesus himself celebrated Passover. Did you know that? You know, so asking questions that lead to a conversation is a great way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So many people in today's world, uh, Christians even, don't think they should witness to Jewish people. And that's just always so heartbreaking to think Jesus was Jewish. So were all the apostles, correct? That's right. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me, the only people that heard him say that were Jews. Mm. And if it didn't apply to them, how does it apply to anybody else? But Jewish people need Jesus just like everybody else. And so our burden should be for all people, but especially for God's chosen people, the people that Jesus first shared his life with on the earth. Absolutely. Wow. This was great. I wish I had another half an hour to spend with you, but I just want to encourage our listeners to pray for the Jewish people. Certainly, we want to pray for Ukraine and for all that's happening over there, but we especially want to pray for the proclamation of the gospel so that people do hear it, understand Jesus has done everything that needs to be done, all the work is done. Jesus took care of everything for us. All we have to do is place our faith in him. And he forgives our sins and gives us eternal life. What a great gift that is. Again, my guest has been David Brickner of Jews for Jesus. And uh, we're so thankful that you've been able to be with us today. Uh, I want to give our listeners our Family Shield website as well, www.familyshieldministries.com. We will add the Jews for Jesus link on our recommended links on the website because I don't think it's there and we need to add it. So again, uh, Reverend Brickner, thank you so much for joining us today and for telling our listeners about your gospel work in God's kingdom. You know, God's word says 
the fields are ripe under harvest, and they are today, especially with what's going on in Ukraine. So again, I just want to say thank you, God bless you, and uh, God bless Jews for Jesus. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.